Section 16 of the Expedition of Humphrey Clinker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Deborah Lynn. The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker by Tobias Smollett. Section 16. To Dr. Lewis, Bath, April 23rd. Dear Doctor, if I did not know that the exercise of your profession has habituated you to the hearing of complaints, I should make a conscience of troubling you with my correspondence, which may be truly called the Lamentations of Matthew Bramble. Yet I cannot help thinking I have some right to discharge the overflowings of my spleen upon you, whose province it is to remove those disorders that occasioned it. And let me tell you it is no small alleviation of my grievances that I have a sensible friend to whom I can communicate my crusty humours, which, by retention, would grow intolerably acrimonious. You must know I find nothing but disappointment at Bath, which is so altered that I can scarce believe it is the same place that I frequented about thirty years ago. Methinks I hear you say, Altered it is without all doubt, but then it is altered for the better, a truth which perhaps you would own without hesitation if you yourself was not altered for the worse. The reflection may, for aught I know, be just, the inconveniences which I overlooked in the high day of health will naturally strike with exaggerated impression on the irritable nerves of an invalid, surprised by premature old age, and shattered with long-suffering. But I believe you will not deny that this place, which nature and providence seem to have intended as a resource from distemper and disquiet, is become the very centre of racket and dissipation. Instead of that peace, tranquillity, and ease so necessary to those who labour under bad health, weak nerves, and irregular spirits, here we have nothing but noise, tumult, and hurry, with the fatigue and slavery of maintaining a ceremonial more stiff, formal, and oppressive than the etiquette of a German elector. A national hospital it may be, but one would imagine that none but lunatics are admitted, and truly I will give you leave to call me so if I stay much longer at Bath but I shall take another opportunity to explain my sentiments at greater length on this subject. I was impatient to see the boasted improvements in architecture, for which the upper parts of the town have been so much celebrated, and t'other day I made a circuit of all the new buildings. The square, though irregular, is, on the whole, pretty well laid out, spacious, open, and airy, and, in my opinion, by far the most wholesome and agreeable situation in Bath, especially the upper side of it but the avenues to it are mean, dirty, dangerous, and indirect. Its communication with the baths is through the yard of an inn, where the poor trembling valetudinarian is carried in a chair betwixt the heels of a double row of horses, wincing under the currycombs of grooms and postilions, over and above the hazard of being obstructed or overturned by the carriages which are continually making their exit or their entrance. I suppose after some chairmen shall have been maimed, and a few lives lost by those accidents, the corporation will think in earnest about providing a more safe and commodious passage. The circus is a pretty bauble, contrived for shoe, and looks like Vespasian's amphitheatre turned outside in. If we consider it in point of magnificence, the great number of small doors belonging to the separate houses, the inconsiderable height of the different orders, the affected ornaments of the architrave, which are both childish and misplaced, and the areas projecting into the street, surrounded with iron rails, destroy a good part of its effect upon the eye. And perhaps we shall find it still more defective, if we view it in the light of convenience. 
the figure of each separate dwelling-house being the segment of a circle, must spoil the symmetry of the rooms by contracting them towards the street windows, and leaving a larger sweep in the space behind. If, instead of the areas and iron rails, which seemed to be of very little use, there had been a corridor with arcades all round, as in Covent Garden, the appearance of the whole would have been more magnificent and striking. Those arcades would have afforded an agreeable covered walk, and sheltered the poor chairmen and their carriages from the rain, which is here almost perpetual. At present the chairs stand soaking in the open street from morning to night, till they become so many boxes of wet leather, for the benefit of the gouty and rheumatic, who are transported in them from place to place. Indeed, this is a shocking inconvenience that extends over the whole city, and, I am persuaded, it produces infinite mischief to the delicate and infirm. Even the closed chairs, contrived for the sick, by standing in the open air, have their frieze linings impregnated like so many sponges with the moisture of the atmosphere, and those cases of cold vapour must give a charming check to the perspiration of a patient, piping hot from the bath with all his pores wide open. But, to return to the circus, it is inconvenient from its situation at so great a distance from all the markets, baths, and places of public entertainment. The only entrance to it, through Gay Street, is so difficult, steep, and slippery, that in wet weather it must be exceedingly dangerous, both for those that ride in carriages and those that walk afoot. And when the street is covered with snow, as it was for fifteen days successively this very winter, I don't see how any individual could go either up or down, without the most imminent hazard of broken bones. In blowing weather, I am told, most of the houses in this hill are smothered with smoke, forced down the chimneys by the gusts of wind reverberated from the hill behind, which, I apprehend likewise, must render the atmosphere here more humid and unwholesome than it is in the square below. For the clouds, formed by the constant evaporation from the baths and rivers in the bottom, will, in their ascent this way, be first attracted and detained by the hill that rises close behind the circus, and load the air with a perpetual succession of vapours. This point, however, may be easily ascertained by means of an hygrometer, or a paper of salt of tartar exposed to the action of the atmosphere. The same artist who planned the circus has likewise projected a crescent. When that is finished we shall probably have a star, and those who are living thirty years hence may perhaps see all the signs of the zodiac exhibited in architecture at Bath. These, however fantastical, are still designs that denote some ingenuity and knowledge in the architect, but the rage of building has laid hold on such a number of adventurers, that one sees new houses starting up in every outlet and every corner of Bath, contrived without judgment, executed without solidity, and stuck together with so little regard to plan and propriety, that the different lines of the new rows and buildings interfere with and intersect one another in every different angle of conjunction. They look like the wreck of streets and squares disjointed by an earthquake, which hath broken the ground into a variety of holes and hillocks, or as if some gothic devil had stuffed them all together in a bag, and left them to stand higgledy-piggledy, just as chance directed. What sort of a monster bath will become in a few years, with those growing excrescences, may be easily conceived. But the want of beauty and proportion is not the worst effect of these new mansions. They are built so slight, with the soft crumbling stone found in this neighbourhood, that I shall never sleep quietly in one of them when it blowed, as the sailors say, a cap full of wind. And I am persuaded that my hind, Roger Williams, 
or any man of equal strength, would be able to push his foot through the strongest part of their walls without any great exertion of his muscles. All these absurdities arise from the general tide of luxury which hath overspread the nation and swept away all, even the very dregs of the people. Every upstart of fortune, harnessed in the trappings of the mode, presents himself at Bath as in the very focus of observation. Clerks and factors from the East Indies, loaded with the spoil of plundered provinces, planters, negro drivers, and hucksters from our American plantations, enriched they know not how, agents, commissaries, and contractors, who have fattened in two successive wars on the blood of the nation, usurers, brokers, and jobbers of every kind, men of low birth and no breeding, have found themselves suddenly translated into a state of affluence unknown to former ages, and no wonder that their brains should be intoxicated with pride, vanity, and presumption. Knowing no other criterion of greatness but the ostentation of wealth, they discharge their affluence without taste or conduct, through every channel of the most absurd extravagance, and all of them hurry to Bath, because here, without any further qualification, they can mingle with the princes and nobles of the land. Even the wives and daughters of low tradesmen, who, like shovel-nosed sharks, prey upon the blubber of those uncouth whales of fortune, are infected with the same rage of displaying their importance, and the slightest indisposition serves them for a pretext to insist upon being conveyed to Bath, where they may hobble country dances and cotillions among lordlings, squires, counsellors, and clergy. These delicate creatures from Bedfordbury, Butcher Row, Crutched Friars, and Botolph Lane cannot breathe in the gross air of the lower town, or conform to the vulgar rules of a common lodging-house. The husband, therefore, must provide an entire house, or elegant apartments in the new buildings, such as the composition of what is called the fashionable company at Bath, where a very inconsiderable proportion of genteel people are lost in a mob of impudent plebeians, who have neither understanding nor judgment, nor the least idea of propriety and decorum, and seem to enjoy nothing so much as an opportunity of insulting their betters. Thus the number of people, and the number of houses, continue to increase, and this will ever be the case, till the streams that swell this irresistible torrent of folly and extravagance shall either be exhausted or turned into other channels by incidents and events which I do not pretend to foresee. This, I own, is a subject on which I cannot write with any degree of patience, for the mob is a monster I never could abide, either in its head, tail, midriff, or members. I detest the whole of it as a mass of ignorance, presumption, malice, and brutality. And in this term of reprobation, I include, without respect of rank, station, or quality, all those of both sexes who affect its manners and court its society. But I have written till my fingers are cramped, and my nausea begins to return. By your advice I sent to London a few days ago for half a pound of Genzing, though I doubt much whether that which comes from America is equally efficacious with what is brought from the East Indies. Some years ago a friend of mine paid sixteen guineas for two ounces of it, and in six months after it was sold in the same shop for five shillings the pound. In short, we live in a vile world of fraud and sophistication, so that I know nothing of equal value with the genuine friendship of a sensible man, a rare jewel, which I cannot help thinking myself in possession of, while I repeat the old declaration that I am, as usual, dear Lewis, your affectionate M. Bramble. After having been agitated in a short hurricane on my first arrival, 
I have taken a small house in Milsham Street, where I am tolerably well lodged for five guineas a week. I was yesterday at the pump-room, and drank about a pint of water, which seems to agree with my stomach, and to-morrow morning I shall bathe, for the first time, so that in a few posts you may expect farther trouble. Meanwhile, I am glad to find that the inoculation has succeeded so well with poor Joyce, and that her face will be but little marked. If my friend Sir Thomas was a single man, I would not trust such a handsome wench in his family. But as I have recommended her, in a particular manner, to the protection of Lady G., who is one of the best women in the world, she may go thither without hesitation, as soon as she is quite recovered and fit for service. Let her mother have money to provide her with necessaries, and she may ride behind her brother on bucks. But you must lay strong injunctions on Jack to take particular care of the trusty old veteran, who has faithfully earned his present ease by his past services. End of section 16